folks and welcome to another episode of life after life with me sandy Byrne. okay so before i begin can i just remind you that if you're enjoying the podcasts uh could you please consider supporting me through my channel on patreon it's called life after life with sandy Byrne. okay and on there you can watch every episode in video format you'll get early access to each episode you'll also get access to a members only discord channel okay and i also do a live reading session for members every month okay so it's included in the very small donation you don't have to pay um anything extra and we do that once a month a live session okay so again, the channel is called Life After Life with Sandy Byrne. It's on patreon.com and you can check out the details at the link, uh, which I've put in the description box attached here. Okay, so let's get on with the episode. Now, in this episode, I want to talk to you a bit about hauntings, okay? Because people lump everything into the same category and I don't agree that everything is the same. And in this episode, I'm hopefully going to explain to you why that is. Okay, so when you look up the definition of a haunting online, okay, which I did before I recorded this, so I got the explanation that a haunting is, um, open inverted commas, the visitation or inhabitation by a ghost, close inverted commas, okay, so the visitation or inhabitation by a ghost. Now, on a practical level, that isn't exactly true okay because ghosts don't inhabit anywhere spirits don't inhabit anywhere okay so mediumship is where we interact with and receive a visit from a spirit a spirit or a ghost whatever you want to call it they're the same thing okay and again i looked up the definition of a ghost and it says open inverted commas an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or manifest to the living. Close inverted commas, okay? So an apparition of a dead person, which is believed to appear or manifest to the living. Okay, so with this definition in mind, okay, we can immediately relate the apparition of a dead person to mediumship as the medium connects with the spirit, okay? Be that through seeing, through hearing, you know, smelling, whatever it is, okay? It's making the connection with the presence, the presence in the moment, okay? We're given, um, we give evidence of that connection, okay? To We can't prove anything as mediums, okay? But we can give evidence and allow you to make up your own mind, okay? So how we do that is we give evidence of that connection by giving information to people about their loved ones. You know, information that we couldn't possibly otherwise know. Okay, now I know that you are all listening because you know this, you understand it, okay? Um, I don't need to talk about mediumship because I know you're here, okay? Because you understand it, you know a bit about it, okay? So you know what mediumship is. So I don't need to explain mediumship. I don't feel that I need to because we talk about it in every other episode. But what I do want to explain to you is how hauntings differ from an actual interaction with someone who has passed away, 
okay so again i know that i'm preaching to the choir okay and if you're listening here you already understand that life and therefore us as human beings we are an energy okay everything about us everything around us everything that we do is energy okay and that even includes our thoughts okay and of course when we are connecting to spirit through mediumship we rely on the energy of the medium and the energy of the spirit to make a connection with each other okay so bearing in mind that we are energy beings we have to also remember that it is possible for us to leave our energy behind us after we've left this life okay now i can remember some years ago i read an article about a tribe of people in south america okay and many reporters and journalists had traveled to this region to find out more about them as they you know they had only recently been discovered and they had had very little contact with the outside world and people were curious to know how they lived and survived without any of our modern facilities okay so long story short these people didn't like their photographs being taken because they believed that having their photo taken took away a part of their energy as living beings and therefore this chipped away at their souls okay now me personally i don't know anything about chipping away at their souls okay personally i probably wouldn't believe in that but i'm open to hearing about it but what i do agree with is that photographs can contain their energy your energy the energy of the person whose photograph has been taken okay and when i read this article i would have been a teenager okay and it was only as i matured and as i developed my ability of psychometry that i thought about this more okay so now if you're listening and you're not familiar with psychometry psychometry is the ability to read the energy of someone by touching a belonging or a photograph or you know any inanimate object really okay that someone touched in life and this is something that i often tell people who are developing their mediumship i tell them to go to an old building or even go to an antique store and touch the furniture you know touch the walls or just sit and breathe in the energy see what you feel okay this was actually one of my favorite things to do with my sons when they were little okay anyway getting off topic my point is that if someone has touched something when they were alive they leave part of their energy on it okay however when we apply this thinking to photographs we know that we don't touch every single photograph that was ever taken of us okay yet it is still possible to read someone's energy from holding a photograph of them so the thinking of the people in south america that tribe it wasn't totally wrong okay so now taking all of this information into account how does this relate to hauntings okay well a haunting is just an energy okay it's not necessarily an energy that's present in the moment but it's more like a residual energy it's something left behind by a touch or by a presence okay so if we think logically about places that are said to be haunted they're generally places where things have happened that have caused great emotion 
Okay, you know, things like an old castle, perhaps, where battles happened or maybe where executions happened. You know, old hotels maybe that hosted weddings or events. Um, places where people were murdered, you know, any of those kind of places. Because when we're in contact with that kind of a place, we leave a bit of our energy. However, when we have been in a state of huge emotion, we leave more of our energy behind. So the footprint of what has happened there becomes more pronounced, okay? Now, you also have to factor in, okay, uh, the fact that when you're going to a place like this, okay, you're going to visit a haunted house, a haunted castle, a haunted hotel, whatever it might be, we've been told in advance of our visit that this particular place is haunted. And therefore, there's some expectation in our own energy that we're going to experience something there. And therefore, we are more open to it. And when you're more open to it, you experience more, okay? So I've talked about this a lot in my episode about Halloween, okay? If you haven't listened to it yet, it's episode 61, okay? Now, one example that pops into my head as I'm talking about this topic, okay, it's um, about a house in the US where a man murdered his whole family, okay? Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's called Amityville, okay? Um, And I believe there was a movie about it and everything. Um, There are stories um, about this, um, about people maybe that lived in the house after this murder. So I guess, you know, um, I remember reading about it years ago. I think um, one of the sons murdered his siblings and his parents in the house and he was the only surviving member. So I guess after he went to prison, um, the house was sold off and the people that moved into the house afterwards um, got a lot of, Um, paranormal activity in the house okay Um, and you can also think of different sites okay we've got um, the sites of the murders which were committed by Jack the Ripper in London okay and in fact there's a whole nighttime tour around these locations and many people talk about seeing or feeling negative energy at the sites where the ladies were murdered okay So my point here is that because of the intense emotion or fear that happened, you know, that that the victims, I suppose, felt at these sites, um, the energy of the people who died here is imprinted into the energy of the location. Okay, so most of you listening would have heard of the Fox sisters. Okay, they lived in a place which is called Rochester, which is in upstate New York, okay? And the events that happened around them and their home is said to be the birthplace of modern spiritualism, okay? If you haven't heard of them, um, Google the Fox sisters, okay? I think it was the 19th century. The sisters lived with their parents in this small uh, timber house, okay? But while they were living there, they experienced many instances where they connected with the spirit in the house. And in subsequent years, it was discovered that the person who had lived in the house before them had murdered a traveling salesman, okay, for the money that he was carrying, obviously, in the days before we did online payments, men used to go around door to door collecting money, okay. And so he was murdered for the money that he was carrying with him. And he was buried in the cellar underneath the house, okay. 
So therefore it was assumed afterwards that this was the man whose energy the sisters were picking up on. Okay, so again, this would have come from the high emotion at the location of the death, okay? Because um, from memory now, some years since I read the story, but I believe he was fairly young and he had a young family, a young wife and a young child at home waiting for him. And of course, he was never located in their lifetimes anyway. Um, so the emotion around this passing would have been ginormous, okay? Now, I'm not saying that it's only death that causes high emotion, okay? But when we think of hauntings, we don't always think of happy occasions like weddings or births, okay? And while these can leave energy in a place, nobody goes to a wedding venue to do a paranormal investigation, okay? Um, I suppose, unless you're looking to connect with Miss Haversham, okay? You know, she was quite the gloomy character, wasn't she? Um, just in case as anyone listening isn't familiar with Miss Haversham, she's a character in a Charles Dickens novel. She was a lady who was uh, jilted on her wedding day and spent the rest of her life um, in the in, her, in the house, which was to be the, the scene of the wedding with like all the food and the wedding cake still out. And she grew old wearing her wedding dress and whatever. So um, I suppose you could do a paranormal investigation around Miss Haversham's um wedding but what I'm really trying to get across to you here is that um, what's perceived as hauntings are really just residual energy or a footprint if you like of something that happened in a location previously okay it doesn't mean that anyone is trapped in a place for eternity but it does mean that a copy or a footprint of the occurrence is left behind Okay, now I did a paranormal investigation in an old castle near where I live a few years ago. Okay, it's not something I do often. Okay, but sometimes, you know, there's been a few occasions where I've been invited to take part in paranormal investigations. Okay, now I don't know the history of all the buildings around me. Okay, I live in Ireland. There are a lot of little castles around. Okay. Um, both historical landmarks. There's a lot of ruins of castles. Um, and then there's castles that have been, you know, maintained and they're still let out as holiday homes. Okay, I'm not going to know all the history of everything. I mean, from my house, I can see the ruins of two castles and I still don't know anything about them. Okay, so there's just a lot of little castles dotted around Ireland. So this one that uh, I was invited to is about maybe 20 minutes, half an hour away from me. Okay. And when I went in there, obviously, I picked up a lot of energy in this place. Okay. It was originally, I found out afterwards, it was originally a castle that had been built out of timber, okay, but was eventually replaced with a stone castle. So this in itself would mean that there had been some kind of dwelling on that site for at least a thousand years, okay, because um, castles were originally built with timber, but then they were all replaced, you know, as they burnt down, but generally around maybe the 11th, 12th, 13th centuries, okay, so there would be, have been somebody living there for many, many years. Okay, so as I said, we got a lot of energy, okay, but in one of the upstairs bedrooms, I sensed the presence of a little boy who was hiding at the side of the bed that was furthest away from the door into the bedroom, okay? He was obviously scared. He was, you know, he was sitting on the ground with his knees tucked up, you know, against him with his head tucked into his knees and he was crying, calling for his mam. 
Okay, so, you know, we made a note of everything that, you know, came up during the night. And at the end of the night, we were there all night. And in the morning, we had a meeting with the custodian of the castle. Okay, and when I told her about the little boy, she was the one that confirmed that the castle had originally been built of timber and it had burnt down. And in that part of the castle, there was a little boy who had died in his bedroom because he wasn't able to get out of his room because of the fire. Okay, so the fact that I sensed this little boy's energy in that room, okay, it doesn't mean that the little boy is destined to spend eternity in that bedroom crying for his parents, not at all. But what was left behind was the tragedy of the event, the terror that the little boy felt and the sorrow of the family at his loss. Okay, all of that emotion was caught up in this particular room of the castle. Now, this is what I call the footprint. It's the energy of what happened there. It's almost like a video recording or an energy recording, if you like, without the people actually being there at the time, okay? So if I'm to watch a Julia Roberts movie, Okay, I can watch it over and over again. It doesn't mean that she does it every single time that I watch it. Okay, there's a recording or a footprint of that. So if you think of the same thing with energy, the energy leaves the footprint there and we can experience it over and over again. It doesn't mean that the people who were there or who took part or who made this um, energy are there every single time. Okay. Now, just to be clear on all of this, I absolutely 100% love a good paranormal investigation show on television. I really, really do. I love seeing what they pick up. I love finding out the history of the building. I love when they present their findings and they're proven right, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely love it. But do I believe that haunted buildings have deceased spirits hanging around? The answer is no. I absolutely don't believe that. I believe that to connect to the spirits, you need a medium who can communicate with an energy that's present at that time. But communicating with a footprint or the recording, it's just not possible. Okay. Um, years ago, I did some mediumship training, okay, um, in a hotel in Dublin, just outside Dublin. And we went up there one weekend um, every month for six months. And when we started um, the very first weekend of the course, I remember there was a tiny little um, mark on the wall, almost like a, a damp patch. OK, but as the months went on, OK, and it was during the summer, so it wasn't the winter time, uh, but it was a really old building. But this particular corner, um, it just like the patch just spread and spread and spread. And we all started to get the presence of this lady that walked through it. And she kind of came in one wall and walked out the other wall. And, you know, and this patch was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, you know, on the last weekend of the six months, the, the curiosity got the better of us. So we inquired about the history of the hotel. And one of the staff members came up and explained to us that, you know, the hotel, obviously the layout was changed. And in that particular corner, of the room, there was a doorway and it had just been like some timber put over and it was wallpapered over. But there was a doorway behind it that led to a staircase 
which was the servants' quarters, okay? So this was the back staircase, if you like, where the servants used to come up the stairs and, you know, tend to the bedrooms. And as they came up the stairs, they came out that doorway and immediately went through another doorway, which was where we had all seen this lady. So she was coming out of one doorway and immediately going in through another doorway. And they were both uh, blocked off and wallpapered over. But the footprint of that lady, you know, going about her duties, doing her, you know, her thing, if you like, uh, was still there. And um, the lady went on to tell us that the family that had owned, it was an old big estate, and the family that had owned it apparently hadn't been very nice to their staff, and the staff were very unhappy. So I think, you know, without, you know, getting into it, we didn't do a paranormal investigation or anything, but, you know, to think that someone spent years, you know, doing this same thing day in, day out, but yet were like so unhappy, so mistreated, the footprint of that unhappiness is still there, okay, and was still, and I suppose because the room was full of mediums, um, it was just that this energy was becoming more apparent, I guess, okay, so again, it's not that that lady who was the housekeeper or a maid or whatever, it's not that she is still there, you know, walking through that room, you know, cleaning bedrooms every single day, not at all, okay, but the the energy, okay, or the memory or the footprint of her daily routine is still there, okay, so it doesn't have to be the death of somebody, there is history in every single thing, and I think I've said this one um, to you before, that um, there's a place in Ireland called Clan, not Clan McNoise, but Craganowen, I beg your pardon. There is a Clan McNoise I've been to. Um, that's an old ruins of an old church. But there's a place called Craganowen, which isn't far from Bunratty Castle, which is all uh, practically right next door to Shannon Airport. Okay. And this would have been where um, the original settlers in Ireland um built the one of the first i'm not a history um freak or anything but they would have been we went there actually i went there on a school tour maybe when i was i don't 11 12 years old or something like that but um, i've been back there many times since because i just love it i love the peace of the place but basically it's a, um, a cranog it's cranogs okay so they were the old um dwelling places and they were always built kind of like in a lake, almost on an island, if you like. So this is like an island, just like so a bit of land that's kind of, you know, surrounded by water in a little lake, if you like. And, you know, they built the dwellings there because they were actually easier to um, defend if you had water around them, obviously. Um, and they were just like little um, huts, if you like, surrounded by a big uh, timber fence, you know, spiked at the, spikes at the top for defense. And they, you know, families, four, five, six families, whatever, would live within this um, this boundary, and that's where they would have their life. And so there's a surviving um, Cranogue down in um, County Clare, and it's called Craganowen. So um, I loved to take, as I said, I loved to take my boys when they were little to these places. We went to Nina Castle, we went to Bunratty Castle, we've been to a lot of places. But I remember taking my youngest, Charlie, down to Craganowen. And we went, um, we went on the first day that it was open for the season, which was around Easter, okay? Uh, it must have been because he was off school. 
and um, we went down and we went in, we were going in and out of the huts and there was nobody else around. So you can sit on the logs, you know, as they would have sat. Um, obviously, they're not the original ones, but they have been replaced in there. And you can sit down on the logs, you know, and just take in the energy. And this is what I, you know, advise people to do. And so we sat down on the log and I just said, did some breathing exercises with him. I'm trying to guess, he must have only been maybe about seven, six or seven years old. And I did some breathing exercises with him. And I said to him, you know, what do you feel and whatever? Well, he started describing people around and, you know, talking about the different things that they were doing and, you know, what he could pick up. And he was just so sensitive to it. You know, children have no filter. They will just come out and see it. So, you know, hauntings is just it wasn't that those people are still there, you know, doing those things, but the energy of them, the footprint of the life that they lived while they were living on that Cranog, you know, he could pick up on it. And about three years ago, uh, before the pandemic, we went to Belgium. OK, he's um, he is a history freak. He loves anything about either World War. And we went to Flanders to see some of the trenches um, you know, where the fighting happened for World War One, And he was running through the trenches, you know, as kids do. He must have been about 11 at the time, I guess. And um, was off ahead of us, you know, looking at, um, around. And um, in the trenches, there's like all these dugouts, you know. I mean, obviously the trenches dug out, but they've also got like little rooms dug out, you know, where they would have eaten or slept or whatever when they weren't fighting. And um, he ran into one and it's like straight away he ran back out again and he was like really pale. And he goes, maybe there's someone in there. And I thought, well, you know, obviously there's other tourists around or whatever. And um, I went in and I didn't see anybody there. And I said, no, there's not. And he went back in and he came back out and he, came, he said, yes, Mammy, there is, there is. There's a man at the back, he said, and he's all bent over, he said, and he's wearing a uniform. Okay. Um, and there wasn't anybody in there, but he picked up the energy of a soldier that had obviously died um, in there, you know. So there is energy to be felt everywhere, guys. You know, go to an old building. OK, go into. I love this. I love going into an antique store, you know, putting my hand on the old furniture, seeing what I can pick up. It's called psychometry. It's reading energy from a belonging. Now, if you're in a country that has a witchcraft act, as in the UK, you're not supposed to read people using psychometry, okay? You can hold on to something, you can feel its energy, but then you must put it down in order to read for somebody. So you can't hold on to a photograph and then read for somebody that way, okay? I do it because we don't have a witchcraft act in Ireland. But I know in the UK that you do. OK, so if you're listening from the UK, please don't use psychometry to read somebody. Read the energy and then put it aside and then read for somebody. So if you're using it in your mediumship, uh, be very careful that it's not against the law. OK, which it is in the UK. Um, but it's a great way to pick up energy. You might not get a full story on somebody but you will pick up energy. And it's one of my favorite things to do because I'm nosy, okay? So look, I hope all of this makes sense to you, okay? And that it explains the difference between a haunting and a mediumship connection, okay? For the mediumship connection, you need the energy here with you at the moment, right now. You need to talk to them, you need to ask them questions. 
but what you're getting from a haunting or paranormal investigation is just the recording of something that took place at that location okay so I also just want to remind you as well that I don't believe in evil spirits okay I won't go into it here because I've kept you long enough but I do have a short video um, it's an old video but it's very short on my YouTube channel explaining why okay and I'll put that link to that video in the description box attached here below if you haven't already heard me talk about this subject now if you have any further questions on this topic okay or if you found this episode helpful I'd love if you'd leave a comment either here or on my social media one of my social media channels which again are linked in the description box attached here okay so um, to finish up, just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the content, check out my Patreon channel, Life After Life with Sandy Byrne on patreon.com. The link is in the description box below. It just helps the podcast to stay going and also gives you access to extra content. Okay, so for now, thank you for joining me, but I'm going to say goodbye and I will catch you in the next episode of the Life After Life podcast. And until then, take care and stay safe. Discussing everything.